Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. How awesome is this? A room full of pastors and leaders from all over Southeast Queensland and Wide Bay. I just think how awesome it is because where the presence of God is, the voice of God is. In His presence, His fullness of joy, but also His voice is in the presence of God. And as soon as worship happens, I put my hands up. Most of you do it in surrender. They are my spiritual antenna. As soon as I put them up, I say, Lord, what's the download for tonight? I've been doing it for years. I don't know how it happened. It just is like the way God speaks to me. So whenever praise and worship, I put my hands up and the download starts. I said, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What are you doing? I do this on Sundays. I do this regularly. Sometimes I don't even get my hands up because you start speaking before I get them up. So it's not formulas, it's about heart. And I just want to uh, minister to a couple of people before I share. Josh Bradford's here, and Josh is a good friend of ours. His dad got saved when I was a youth at Nambour Church, and we lived in a house together. And his mum was good friends with Mary Lynn. Josh is now pastoring a great church, Josh and his wife Renee, who would have been here, but their little son cut his knee badly last night, was it? This morning. So... uh, only 15 stitches, so he'll be okay. He's a boy. He'll be fine. We pray for healing. But Josh, this is the word God gave for me. I just saw the word confidence all over you. God's saying, be confident in your leadership. And the name of their church is Anthem Church. I think what a great name. And I just saw waves of music and life emanating out and I saw it just increasing and increasing and your voice will be heard loud and clear first for your church your your voice will be loud and clear and people will follow and that voice will then start to echo out into your city and community and I just see I just see increase 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 coming 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 and as you step out with confidence and leadership it will just increase and it will be a clear sound it won't be a muffled sound it won't be an uncertain sound but it will be a really really clear sound that God's going to give you and God says don't settle for a small church don't settle for a church that others compare and say that's good because there's more there's more there's more God's going to give you the keys to for it just to increase and you don't go for a big church, you go for big people. And if you build big people, a big church happens. But the word is confidence, Josh. Just be confident that what I'm showing you is the word of the Lord. Father, let that be in His spirit. Lord, let confidence be all over Him. Father, He will not be second-guessing. Lord, He will not be arrogant. But there will be a confidence and the people will feel secure in this shepherd's voice. It will come loud and clear. And Lord, they won't be left wondering, where are we going? What are we going to do? And I just pray, Lord, that it'll just flow out of Josh's heart. Confidence, I pray. And Lord, even some things he's looked at and said, that's not how we do church. Not in criticism, but just in clarity. And I see the Holy Spirit giving you clarity about the way you are to build and where to go because it will come and it will increase. And the Spirit of God, it will flow. It won't be a striving, it will be a flowing. Lord said, you don't have to strive. Yes, prepare your heart. Press through, break through. But it will be a flow that will overflow your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Oh God, thank you for it. And He will raise up the right team with you. You will will not be on your own. He's raising up the right team. There's been a a sifting. And now there's a shifting and the lift is coming in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's give Him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God's good, eh? Alan Calvert, come on out, mate. You've got some plaster on your hand. What's happened? Did you break a bone? You break something? A slight chip on the bone, on the radius. Okay. God wants to, he's going to heal that arm. But this is the word that God gives me. You're in the right place. Don't, don't doubt you're in the right place. Words sometimes have come to try and shake that confidence. But God wants to reassure you you're in the right place. And He's been thinking and reshaping your soul 
and your heart, just like a bone is getting healed and restored, your soul and your, your heart and your leadership is being shaped and molded. There's been some stretching. And so you're saying, God, this is just too much. The stretching is for growth. The stretching's for growth. And He'll restore a place of confidence and peace. And He's giving you clarity as well. And the Lord's going to just restore confidence and strength to you. Because the pathway you're on is a good path. He's just tweaking some things. But you need to know you're in the right place at the right time. Father, let him just know that with assurance. Let him know that with assurance. God, just let Alan and Marissa, Lord, and their family, know with assurance, Father, your plans and your purposes. Lord, let peace fill their hearts and just confidence in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, just refresh. Just refresh, Alan, right here. Refresh him in the Holy Ghost, Father. Lord, refresh him in the Spirit, Lord. Lord, I thank you. The enemy's tried to rob and steal, but Lord, you're the one who gives life and life more abundantly. And let there be an overflow, I pray, Father. Oh, an overflow. Clarity of thought and clarity of speech. And Lord, you will just add strength to that in the name of Jesus. I see when you're preaching and teaching, there's going to come a prophetic flow and there's going to come greater clarity and depth. And no one will be able to say, There's no substance in your word because it will be fresh manna that brings life and food to their souls. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God's good. Yeah, let's give Him praise. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you're so good. Oh, Jesus. Dr. Shola is one of the doctors in our church. Come on out, Dr. Shola. Leads an amazing life group full of African doctors and professional people. How awesome is that? Just got a lovely spirit. I just see the Lord say, you've been a faithful man. And I just see there's freedom from... There's some people that have tried to put restraint on your soul at times. And I just see that freedom coming. There's something inside bursting out. And there's a freedom from whatever's tried to restrain you in business or leadership or ministry. I see a freedom coming, Dr. Shola, that's going to just bust out of whatever limitations you put on yourself or other people have tried to put on you. And I see a fire of God. I see a fire of God just burning in your heart. I see a fire of God coming afresh. A fire of the Spirit is going to reignite the passion. A fire of the Spirit is going to reignite the passion in yourself. A fire of the Spirit. Let it burn, Lord. Let it burn. Let it burn. Let it burn. Oh, God, lifting up any restraint and restriction in Jesus' name. Oh, God. God's given you leadership and authority. And I see that overflowing your soul. And every restriction is removed. Every limitation is lifted off. Oh, let the fire burn in His Spirit tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name. Oh, fire of God is here to touch some hearts. There's been lack of passion. The fire of God is here to stir your heart again. Oh, God, let the fire, the fire, the fire of your Spirit just burn and lift off those limitations. Oh, we praise you for it, Jesus. You're so good. I'd like to pray for Pastor Steve Job as well. Some of you might... Now, come on out, Steve. Steve and Nari have just recently announced their resignation from pastoring at Miraburra M City Church for 17 years. That's worth a shout of praise, eh? Awesome. 17 years. Wow. You've been faithful. And these are the words God says, well done. Well done. Well done. That's what I just want. The Spirit of God saying, well done, Steve and Nari. Well done. And God's going to watch the transition. You're a shepherd. Don't be afraid. God's going to take you and Nari through the transition. He's going to take your church through the transition. And He's going to, he's going to refresh your soul. I just get refreshing and healing. Nari's been battling shingles. We need to believe for healing for her body and Jesus. Now just reach out and just call for God's healing on Nari and, and for Steve. And your healing would just flow over Steve and Nari. Lord, refresh their souls and healing over their bodies. And Lord, let their church just know the grace of God through this transition time. Raise up the right leaders that will come in and take that church to your next place of blessing and increase. 
and the faithful service there for 17 years will be built on to the next level. Holy Spirit, just refresh Steve and Nari, their, their children, Jonathan and Sarah, their grandchildren, Lord, bless them. And I just thank you, Father, that Steve and Nari will just know your, your grace and direction for the future. It will not be with fear or uncertainty. It will be a place of trust. And God will provide for every need, physically, emotionally, financially, and spiritually. He will provide. You will see the hand of God and His goodness. Thank you, Father. Amen. Bless you, Steve. God bless you. Wow, God's good, hey? Lord, just speak to us through your word right now. Lord, you speak through your presence. You speak through your love. You speak through your word. You speak through the gifts of your spirit. Lord, you speak through your grace. You speak through your hope into our hearts. And I thank you, Lord, for just ministering life to us now. Because Jesus, you said your words are spirit and they are life. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's take our seats. Thanks, worship team. Thank you, thank you for your blessing us. And to Neil, hiding over there on the drums, she's our PA and uh, helps event coordinate. So her and uh, Kerry and Heather and you down the back have helped put uh, this conference on. So let's give them a really big hand for... well-known passage tonight, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, but I'm going to read it in the Passion Version. Who's read the Passion Version? It's only one of the newer versions out, but it is just very insightful. Um, I have been reading it more and more, and uh, I want to read Psalm 23 in the Passion Version. I'm going to share for a few minutes, then Mary Lynn's going to come and share, tag team tonight. So let's enjoy. Our theme is restoration and healing of souls for tonight the holy spirit wants to heal and restore our souls we have awesome prayer and teaching on uh, praying for the sick and healing of the bodies and that's awesome we need to keep doing it jesus demonstrated all the time but you realize that everyone we pray for outside of jesus coming back soon is still going to die and go to be with jesus unless he comes back before them but when people's souls are healed and restored they live for eternity. And sometimes we put a whole lot of emphasis on the healing of the body, which is powerful because it's a great sign and a wonder and it relieves stress and pain. And, but I believe the Spirit of God wants to remind us that the word for salvation is sozo, which means wholeness. Body, soul, spirit, mind, heart. And we just want to focus in on that a bit tonight. So Psalm 23 in the Passion Version says, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He track, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That sounds like a good place when you're in the middle of busy ministry, eh? Hey? That's where he restores and revives my life. Wow. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you are already, you already have. I'll say that again. Even when the path takes you to the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. He's conquered our hearts, and he's also conquered fear. How beautiful is that? Oh, we can spend the night there just dwelling on that. And it goes on and says, You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear, I'll never be lonely for you are near. 
You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. Oh, what a picture that is. That is so, so beautiful. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Oh boy, I think some of you need to get that 23rd Psalm in the Passion and just dwell on that. That is so refreshing. I read it the other night, I think, oh Lord, that is just so powerful. Because we know that more familiar with your your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's not a very good translation. The word actually is pursue. We think, well, it'll follow me and hope it'll catch up to me when I'm running or under stress. It says, your love and mercy pursues me all of my life. So God's pursuing us. We're the ones sometimes running too hard or not stopping enough to know how to receive. As we share today, God wants us to receive so then we can release. And, and the, the Lord is there just loving us i want to just go back to uh to verse three that's where he restores and revives my life or the other versions say he restores my soul and i believe this is one of the great works of grace of the spirit of god and of truth is that when we come to christ he then starts the amazing journey of restoration of our souls which is our mind he renews it transforms it quickens it gets it thinking and focusing on what it should do he pain the the brokenness the rejection the loss everything else that tries to mess up our emotions he deals with our will so it comes under his lordship he restores my soul just want to talk about that bit tonight that one of the great ministries that god called us to do is to go into all the world and make disciples not just to get decisions not just to make converts, to make disciples. Disciples are people who are living in relationship and under the Lordship of Jesus and who are led by the Spirit and the Word. And part of that will be a healing and restoration of our souls because there's so much damage by sin and the, the brokenness of this world that just breaks us up and often we can't receive. Why is it you can have 50 people in a meeting and 10 of them walk out and say, that was the most amazing presence of God and, and truth came and, and I got fresh hope. And others walk out and say, I didn't, I didn't see or feel anything. How can that be? Because some of us are blocked off and can't receive very well. Fear or rejection or unworthiness says, you don't deserve this. They might, but you don't deserve it. So it blocks us off. Rejection says, you're not good enough. <clears throat> Fear will say, well, you've done some wrong things or you might be doing okay now but you'll stumble and fall again so all these things can just cloud our soul Luke 4 18 the when Jesus got up we'll read this in the passion the spirit of the Lord is upon me he has anointed, anointed me to be hope for the poor freedom for the brokenhearted and new eyes for the blind and to preach to prisoners you are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. Wow, how awesome is that? I want to read that again because this is just so refreshing. The Spirit of the Lord's upon me. He has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind to preach to prisoners. You are set free. Oh, let the message of freedom ring out from our churches and from our lips and from our lives. There's so many people are prisoners and captives. A prisoner is someone who's in prison because they've done something wrong. A captive is someone who doesn't, hasn't necessarily done anything wrong, but they've been captured, captured by someone else or something else. So Jesus said, I've come to set both free, and that covers everyone in our community. Some people have done dumb things, we've all done dumb things, and we are prisoners because we've done wrong choices, wrong attitudes, wrong behaviours. There's a whole lot of other people are captives because someone else has done something wrong to them. Jesus says, I've come to set both of them free. And that talks about restoration. 
to their souls. It goes on, I have come to, to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. Wow. Love, acceptance and forgiveness. There's a whole lot of people just trying to find acceptance. That's why they go from one relationship to the next. That's why they go from one group to the next, from one church to the next. They're trying to find acceptance, often with their Father God, often with other people. And Christ brings that. The Amplified says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, the Anointed One, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to pronounce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. Wow, that sounds like most of our society outside of Jesus. And sadly, many inside Christ have got salvation, but haven't known how to walk the journey of healing and freedom in their souls. Sometimes when I'm preaching, I look out and I see a lot of people with a smile on their face, but prisons inside their heart. I said, Jesus, we've got to do better. We've got to see lives truly set free. So the smile on their face is coming from the depths of their soul and they are singing with true freedom over their souls. Oh, Jesus. Lord, bring it to pass. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favours of God profusely abound. Oh, that's good news too, eh? Oh, Lord. So he wants to set free the captives, those who are made captive by others, and set free the prisoners, those who have done wrong and are suffering the consequences. Isaiah 53 verse 3 to 5 in the Amplified says, He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sickness. Like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Surely he has borne our griefs, which is sicknesses, weaknesses and distresses. And carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten and afflicted by God as if it were leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. With the stripes that wounded him we are healed and made whole. Salvation, sozo, wholeness. That's what Jesus did on the cross. And I think sometimes, and I put myself as sometimes we become guilty of only presenting part of the gospel. Not by intent, just, just we get focused and so busy wanting to see people come to Christ, which is awesome. But the gospel is wholeness. Wholeness. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which is what we preach the gospel. Part two is the rest of the gospel. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the whole gospel. So it's about coming to Jesus, way, truth, and life, getting saved. Then relationship with the Father is the rest of the journey that God takes us on. That's the whole gospel. I think, how do, we, how do we miss some of this? I don't know. <laughs> God just wants us to refocus on some of these things. These verses we've read show us also that the Lord wants to bring restoration and healing and wholeness to spirit, soul, mind, emotions, as well as for the physical body. We had a, one of our guys take communion on Sunday morning, Ashley Bottrell, who um, came into the Transformations program four years ago. And I remember the first Sunday he walked into church. Arms fold, he didn't want to be here. No way. He had attitude, didn't he, Tina? A real attitude. But Tina's tougher. She just kept loving him. He's up this high. And God's love just slowly broke him. After about three months, he really surrendered to Christ. Now he's a leader in the program, sharing his testimony, led communion on Sunday. And I thought, God, your grace is amazing. He's been through some incredible battles and challenges over his life. But there he stands, a trophy of God's grace. 
still getting restored, but wow, four years down the track, an amazing exam. And I thought, Lord, help us to know that church life is about salvation, restoration of people's souls. Now, the Spirit of God is the only one that can change a man or a woman, but the family of God is where they're loved and accepted in a safe place so they can respond and receive and not to run. That's where we do the us thing that we're talking about this afternoon. It's the family of God. It's the, it's the mums and dads in the faith. It's the brothers and sisters. It's the, it's the support. It's the prayer. It's the journey. Jesus ministered physical healing to many, but he also healed many of rejection, fear, social isolation. Remember when they had leprosy or they're blind, they had to call it unclean? That was total rejection. So when they got healed, they then got accepted back in and so their soul was restored with relationships and family and acceptance. That would have been a journey for them to come back into society. Just like we have lots of people come in brokenness, victims of abuse and pain and through broken families and all sorts of stuff that goes on and God's called his church to be his family his place of healing and restoration, a place where lives are restored. And so they start to receive and then they start to release and bring others into the kingdom. And that's the power of discipleship and transformation. What about Lazarus when he got raised from the dead? Mary and Martha, the, the, the grief that they were going through and next minute there's joy. He heals the grief, takes us through the journey. What about the demoniac that was set free by the fear that would have been broken off his life oh jesus so many what about peter when he failed and denied the lord he stewed in that for a few weeks ran away jesus meets him on the beach says peter let's come and have a chat over another fireplace this the smell the aroma is one of the strongest senses so when he would have been out fishing and he smelt the charcoal fire on the beach all his waves would have come over because the last time he was at a fire was when he denied Jesus three weeks before. Can you imagine all the stuff that would have went over his soul? We, we sometimes can't comprehend when someone walks into our church for the first time all the feelings they're going through. When they start to respond to Christ and the first time small groups, some people won't go into small groups because they're just too personal or too transparent for them. But that's the place of healing. The first time they take a step and share their faith with someone else. When they have to face some of the fears and rejections over their souls. The church is a beautiful place of healing. Jesus is the healer. I'm going to invite Marilyn to come and share for a few moments on some of the areas to put some more detail. Because she's my lovely detail lady. And she's the teacher. I'm the stirrer and the exhorter. I'm the, I'm the uh, cheer squad. And, uh, but Marilyn's got the heart that touches souls. Thanks, Noel. Thanks, Ross. I just, um, just thinking about the name encounter. Uh, you know, I think it's an incredible privilege to have you here and to host you over these, these few hours because... I really, Ross and I have always, um, we've been pastors our entire married life, 38 and a half years, and we, we understand what it's like to, to pastor in small and regional churches and, and uh, medium size and largest, larger churches. And you people have, you know, are under shepherds. We are under shepherds under Christ. And there are many demands put on your life that are quite unique to to you to this to this lifestyle to this ministry that is very different to any other job that um that a person might do and i I just want to encourage you it's our prayer that you really encounter god's presence in such a way that you feel encouraged and inspired and loved and refreshed for being here and you have traveled and positioned yourself to hear from god and to want to to um you know, like they say in the aeroplanes, um, before 
you know, put your own oxygen mask on first before you try to, you know, help somebody else. There are times when you have to take time, time out of your busy lives. And I know not everybody here is a pastor, but you have been invited here because you're in leadership and you're in a place of influence and, and, and you have um, a call on your life and that, that we have identified too and we wanted, uh, wanted you to be here also. And it's, it's good to... Um, this is a combination of soul care and spiritual and physical, if you get a chance to get up and go for a walk in the morning, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be able to uh, feed, give you, feed you up, and give you um, something to nurture the the physical as well. But then you'll have to go and walk it off afterwards. But um, it's um, the question is, I, I, I've got, got a comment here. It says he has called you to this life, he has called you to this ministry, and he's not done with you yet. He's not done. You're not done yet. God's not done. Well, no matter what the season you are in, no matter what age you are, and we, we, we know that there are many seasons in life and we are processing through, there is a solution for what you're facing right now. But I just really feel... In the Holy Spirit, when Peter had that that word about the um, climbing up the mountain, I saw that also, and I saw um, Tina. I saw you as a trailblazer. You were carving a path, girl. You were in in a in a really difficult, rocky place, and you had a backpack, but but you were making really good ground, and you were taking taking ground. And, and it's not easy, but I want to encourage you. I just really felt um, God's smile on your life and wants you to know you're not alone. You're not doing this in your own strength. That's the point, that this is his work that you're doing. That's what I'm saying. And, and that you, he is equipping you. And I saw these really cool mountain boots. And, and um, you had the gear. You had all the gear. And you were cutting, cutting a path but behind you. There were lots of people. There was a big, big long line and support as well. You know, I saw like Sherpas and everything. <laughs> you know, there were support. But, you know, just to encourage you that this is the life you called for and, and you're equipped for it. But you're not alone in this. And it's his walk. It's his purpose that you're doing this. And he will strengthen you. And it's our goal at Bayside Church, to create an environment where people can encounter, they can connect, and they can belong through practical and spiritual support. And with that word encounter, I did just sort of breaking it down a little bit in the dictionary, it describes the word encounter is to meet, to come face to face with someone, to come upon or experience and, you know, this, as I said, pray that, that this, this encounter, that you will encounter God in such a way that you will feel, meet with him face to face, that it will feel like a face to face meeting and that you will be able to um, sense his presence and power in a new way. There is a subtle difference. We know how to enter into the presence of God. A lot of us here have been Christians for a while. You know that if you sit in church and you don't sing and you just play with your phone or um, think about something else, talk to people, you're going to get very little out of that service. You, you've experienced that. If you come a bit closer up the front where there's less distraction and you enter in and you start to sing, and you start, and and then you start to lift your hands, and you think, "Whoa, that feels better," <laughs> and and you start to to realize that that when we when we worship and we praise, whether we feel like it or not, we start to feel better. We're talking about soul, I guess, in the emotions, the the realm that we 
often as Christians neglect, we will um, make sure that we sharpen our spirit and read our Bible and get to studies. And there are seasons of that where you'll pack a lot of study in and then other times you forget where your Bible is. But there's, you know, like we will endeavor. We know we've got to feed our spirit. We know we've got to feed our body. But often the soul realm is neglected and that makes you very vulnerable. It makes your marriage very vulnerable. And and, and so being aware of what's going on inside of you. I know there's, you know, we're not to be completely just absorbed with our own self to the point that, you know, you can't um, take in what's happening around you. But once you come to God with honesty, with emotional honesty, and being able to say, God, I need you. I need your help. I'm, I'm struggling. I don't know how much longer I can keep carrying this weight. I don't know how much longer I can keep doing this. And it's that kind of honest cry where God will meet you. And you, and you take a step of faith and you say, I'm going to praise you with thanksgiving. I'm going to sing even though I don't really feel like it. And that's where your spirit says, come on, soul. Let's get involved here. Come on, body. Let's do something. Let's clap. Wow, there's a thought. Let's, let's shout out a bit. And, and your spirit starts to, you know, like Jesus said, spirit's willing your flesh is weak. Come on. Let's, let's get this together, body, soul, and spirit. And then the focus will then, once you've been emotionally honest and you've said to God, here I am, I, I really feel, I feel like this. He's not afraid of your feelings as long as you don't just camp there, right? Don't park. Don't let your feelings rule you. You know, let the spirit override and say, okay, that's the facts. I feel like this. However, I'm going to praise you with thanksgiving. There's a step of faith. With thanksgiving. And you might not have seen any answers. There may not be any breakthroughs. But when you say, thank you, thank you, God, that you hear me, that you're with me, and then it opens up your heart to give and receive, give and receive, love. There's something that I do to help me tune in to the Holy Spirit and what he's doing. Like I said this afternoon, he's already here. You know, sometimes they come, Holy Spirit, come, come help me, come, come. You know, you're welcome, you're welcome. He's already here. He's already here because he lives within you by his Holy Spirit. And when we gather, we're even two in the midst, right? He's, we, we presence Jesus because we carry this beautiful, this treasure in these earthen vessels, in these human frailty. It's got this divine nature of God within it and it's precious it's really really precious and when we we go beyond focusing on ourselves and we start to focus in on him we start to give and receive and how I tune myself in I'm a mild extra um, introvert I'm not an extrovert and and I have at times overloaded with emotions and feelings and I have to sift them out I have to give them to God and I have to say God this happened that happened I feel like this that person is you know like whatever is on my heart and how I do that is I will often just exhale (laughs) and just say Lord I give you everything that is troubling me Every person that has kept has been on my mind, I commit them to you by faith in Jesus' name. And I just, and then I inhale by faith. I breathe you in. I breathe you in. Because in the Hebrew, the word, our Father, who art in heaven, like who is in the atmosphere, It literally means in the air that I breathe. You are within the atmosphere. That's what we said, the the atmosphere shifted now. A miracle could happen. 
But it could have happened then. Anyway, <laughs> we have just realized it. We just woken up to the fact that God's shifted the atmosphere. He and and we tune ourselves in to what he's doing. And and the less distractions, the more honest you are with yourself, and the more positioning yourself in God and saying, Spirit, line up. Come on, body, line up. Yeah. The soul, line up yeah. with what is happening here and now in this meeting. Be present. Yeah. It's so easy to just be distracted. I don't know what I did before I had a mobile phone. I'm looking at that stupid thing so many times. It's mostly got pictures of my grandchildren. And I distract the people next to me, even if they don't want to see it. Look, 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 look. And Lydia keeps sending them to me and Stephen and I. But there is lots to distract us. And it takes a discipline and a focus and say, come on, let's, let's be present hear and hear what God wants to say and do and that that simple it's a simple exercise but it helps me that divine exchange I love Isaiah 61 all the way through he gives us beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of morning morning a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness that we uh, can be the, to the glory, to be glorified. And that, um, no, that's not right. That he would be glorified because we are trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he is glorified. But there's that divine exchange takes place that we give him what we have and he gives us back what, uh, what we need. And our lives, in Colossians 3.3, 3, it says that our lives are hidden in Christ. The old life has died with the old ways of doing things, the old ways of coping. And our lives are hidden in him. When I was um, a girl, I was raised in the Catholic Church. And I went to the convent when I was four and a half and I was over 16 when I left. And for eight of those years, I lived in the convent with the nuns. I know, groan. <laughs> It was pretty heavy, and but there was I learnt a lot too during that time, and there was these huge big cathedrals with massive, massive high, high ceilings that made you feel very small, and they had the stained glass and the and the polished woods and and everything, and it like God was you know this this prayer, um, our Father who art in heaven. It was like He was way out there somewhere. And, and, and we were here. And then I met these Pentecostals. <laughs> and I began to, they talked about um, a relationship with God through Jesus. And that it was now and it was present. And it was, it was something that I could enter into as, as simply as a, a prayer. But it was a heart shift and a change. And my spirit would come alive. And I entered into that. And I began to realize that he was with me by his Holy Spirit. And this the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It would quicken my mortal body. That when I died, I had eternal life too. And I really grasped it and I got it. And then I went into ministry. And I've been a Pentecostal for over 40 years now. And I, I've led... You know, we do some strange things sometimes. We, and, you know, like this, what I'm trying to say is when we encounter God in a personal living way, he comes to live within us. So it's his grace and it's his strength. So if we're looking to minister healing and life and health to people, it's, it doesn't have to all come from us. And the Catholic Church, there was a lot of works. It was um, had a lot to do with, um, you know, what you did and, and how good you were. And it, it just really, it, there's a subtle difference here. What I'm trying to say is that we know, we know that there is power in the name of Jesus. And we know that there's life comes when we pray for people and there are things that we can do to make it easier, but it's not up to us 
to make it happen. God's the one that heals. Jesus is the healer and nobody else can do it apart from him. And there are times when I've, I've heard, you know, the Pentecostals, like we try so hard. And I know I've done this too. I've prayed harder and harder and harder and, and fasted and we've done, you know, we've, we've just sort of tried that and, and then and see if there's any change. And if not, then we'll pray a little louder over them again. We'll just pray louder next time. And then, then we get louder and louder. And then sometimes we start praying in tongues and, and get, get really, really loud. And, and then if we want to pull out the big guns, we go, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And it seemed to me that there was something about the, trying to, uh, it became like a ritual a prayer that that there's a formula to to move God, to to sort of make it happen, and I think it's a sad thing to to be, to think that um, Jesus said to um, to the folks in Matthew six and verse six to eight. He said, "Don't keep babbling like the pagans, because they think that they'll be heard by their many words." Jesus said, don't be like them because your father knows what you want before you ask. He's talking about relationship, being hidden in Christ and getting into the trap of works, with, like to trying to, to come up with something to, in order to see people set free, that Christ in us will do it and that he wants to use your life and as you become aware of what he, what he's doing right now, um, then you will you'll find that amazing things will take place. So how do we um, we don't want to fall into the trap of a, of forming a formula or a ritual in our prayers? Um, but when we are praying and ministering to people, we're listening for the Holy Spirit. What what are the real issues? What's really what's apart from what's apparent? Sometimes you might get a a picture, or a key word, or a song, and feel that that um, and, and asking an empowering question that can open up the situation. Like Ross said, this for unforgiveness can be a huge blockage. We underestimate this sometimes. Sometimes, as Christians, we say, "Oh, yes, we will forgive," but that we hold on to an offence, and this this can actually really stifle you when it comes to trying to hear from the Holy Spirit and trying to move on and, and to see God um, use you in this way. Father wounds, mother wounds. Sometimes we refer people. We have a ministry um, called Zozo, and it's a very, very good tool, a very good ministry tool to see people set free in these areas. And um, Carol Yates, who comes to our church, is a director for this area, and she's open to do to training for in the churches in this in this area in this region, and um, from time to time, we will send people on further to Christian counsellors if there's a need for, um, you know, help with mental illness and addictions and sexual abuse or trauma, grief and loss. There are there's a process of healing that some um, with someone so that they're able to um, really let. Jesus in and minister and healing of their soul and uh, but other times people are just plain delivered right here in the altar and it will just take uh, an immediate um, you know uh, breakthrough we also have care force recovery groups and other support groups to help people come into freedom but just as just as I hand back to Ross I just want to encourage you that God can and he will flow through you that um, to, he will help you to bring healing and release to people in your church, in your sphere of influence and in your community. And knowing him and resting in who he is and who you are in his. Knowing that your life is hidden in Christ and that at any given moment you can hear from the Holy Spirit and you are hearing from God all the time. Sometimes you're just unaware and that's one thing I love about the Sozo ministry. It really teaches you how to hear from God yourself to a whole new way. It's very simple but very powerful. 
and watch what happens in your life. Jesus stood at the top of the temple steps and he said, If anybody's thirsty, let them come. Let them come and drink this, this living water and watch what happens when you drink. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? And then let, let that river that out of your innermost being, out of you, will flow rivers of living water. So he is already speaking. Let's listen. Let's tune our hearts in and hear what he's saying. Thanks, Ross. Well done. Well done. I love Marilyn. She's so practical. Comes from the heart. And I watch when she preaches, a whole lot of different people are listening very intently. And that's how the body works and that's why you need team ministry. No one person has all the ways to reach people. So that's why testimonies are so powerful. Because you know the word testimony, part of the meaning of testimony means do it again. How awesome is that? Do it again. So when someone's sharing their story, other people are listening saying, well, if he's done it for them, maybe he can do it for me or my son or my daughter or my family. That's why the power of stories. Just want to wrap it up tonight. Then we're going to have some time just have some ministry time together and just let the Holy Spirit bring some healing. Because when we start talking about soul, the Holy Spirit starts to do a little bit of surgery on us. He says, wow. Well, I want you to be as free and as whole as possible so you can minister that to others. And Marilyn and I, over the years, we've found, we've been ministering for 30 years and all of a sudden he does another surgery on us and tidies up some baggage or some fear or some grief that we thought was long gone dealt with but we realized we skimmed over it and didn't really let the Holy Spirit release us of that grief or that fear so don't while we're on this light earth and still breathing we're all in the journey of being restored and again White said we're all Christians under construction <laughs> takes the pressure off we don't have to have it together we just keep ministering out of the freedom we have and as you receive and release the beauty is as the water of life flowing through you to someone else you get more free and whole how awesome is that you're praying and ministering to someone and you're getting free and healed in the process because the living water and the purity of God's word and grace is pouring through you as you pray and minister and counsel and support you are getting more free and whole I think that's an awesome deal that's an awesome awesome deal but the enemy will lie to us and say, well, you're not really free in that area, so how can you help someone else? That's one of his lies from the pit of hell. Just step up and do what you can and see what God will do. Just want to wrap it up. Isaiah 61, 1 to 3 in the Amplified says, The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me and qualified me. Oh, he's qualified you to minister healing to people. You are qualified in Christ. He qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor and afflicted. He sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted. Oh dear. So many brokenhearted people. All the time. To proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives. And the opening of the prison of the, and of the eyes of those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favour and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion. To give them an ornament, a garland or diadem of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy, burdened and failing spirit. That they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice and right standing with God. Wow, that one should put your shoulders back and stand up straight, eh? The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. I remember Tommy Barnett spoke many, many years ago. I remember him coming to a pastors and wives conference in this church. And the, the stage was there, and I think we were youth pastors at Nambour. 
And Tommy Barnett and Matthew Barnett, the first time they ever preached in Australia was in this church, believe it or not, for a state pastors and leaders conference with David Cartledge when he was the leader. And I've never forgotten it. He said, if you want to grow a church, and by then his church was, I don't know, 10,000 or more and just a huge mega church way back 25, 30 years ago. He said, if you want to grow a church, this is a secret. So we're all ready to write down some great revelation, you know, the 10 things to grow a church. He said, find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it. That was it. That was his great words of wisdom. Then he moved on to something else. And I'm thinking, is that it? Find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it. And the more I've gone and ministered, I've realized there's great wisdom in those words. <laughs> great wisdom. In that. So if you want to change your community, that's a good place to start. You can't heal every hurt, you can't fill every need, but there'll be some that God's equipped you and your church to do. There's some that will flow for you. There are many people who are hurting, broken, lost, lonely, full of grief, addictions and shame. But the gifts and fruit of the Holy Spirit restore people's souls. As leaders and as churches, I want for people to be healed and restored. Just make room in our church services, in our groups, in our focus. Just make some room for the Holy Spirit, for Jesus the healer to walk up and down the aisles when you're in church. Every now and then, when I get up to preach, I just, every now and then I just picture the Holy Spirit just walking up and down the aisles. Or I picture Jesus walking up and down the aisles. And just every now and then it gets so strong, I just walk down the aisle. I remember I did it one, one time. I said, those who need God's breakthrough today, just stand in the aisle. And I just walked down. Didn't even touch everyone. But I remember that day some significant breakthroughs happened because I just made five minutes room for the healer to reach in for people to receive. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow about making room for encounter. We have run sheets, but they're a guideline and not something to control your service because you'll just make, not make room for the healing when Jesus wants to do it. We can't be on our agenda when he's often got a different agenda. But you still have flow and teams, and we'll talk about that some more tomorrow. A couple more scriptures to wrap it up. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18 in the message says, Whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil and there they are face to face. Whoa. They suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free of it. All of us. Nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. How beautiful is that? That's the and wholeness that personally we're all on and that many more people are starting the journey. And I want to encourage you tonight, we're going to stop in a moment and just take some time to think about, do we make room for the Holy Spirit to heal and restore our souls, the people in our church, people in our community? What are some of the ways God's spoken to you? Have we got busy and forgotten some of those just moments? Just getting people to pray for one another in a service can sometimes be that moment. They're too scared to come out and get the pastor to pray for them. But they might let a brother or sister just beside them pray a prayer of blessing. It doesn't have to be a D&M and counseling and prophecies. Just a prayer of blessing for peace over their soul. And you don't know, that might be the bridge their heart starts to open. And then they will follow through and get some more help and support for the journey. Just making room. Now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with both with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and being transformed to His image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 23 to 24 in the message. That's a message, eh? Holy and whole. Make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our Master Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. Oh, I reckon we overcomplicate the Word of God sometimes. That's why I love reading the passage and message versions. They just uncomplicate it. They mightn't always be 110% theologically correct, but boy, they give me some word pictures that are connected to the Holy Spirit who's then going to sort out any theology that might be wrong. <laughs> That's my philosophy on that. Because <laughs> he's the spirit of truth. And if we've got an open, hungry heart and connect with him, he's going to sort out anything that's not quite in order. I want to finish as the worship team comes. Psalm 23, just want to read part of that again because that really, really just stirred my soul. That's where he restores and revives my life. The Lord's my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. Just close your eyes and as I read it. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His, tra his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so I can bring honour to his name. Lord, even when the path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.